Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. You're listening to the Credit Podcast. everyone and welcome to the cricket podcast where we are kicking off the fourth test of the uh, the ashes series which is now over as far as a contest goes i suppose it was over as far as a contest goes from the very start but it's officially done um england now playing to not get beaten 5-0 and uh, perhaps save a few people's jobs i am max Roe brown and i'm joined today by ross leg how are you ross uh, I'm pretty good, thanks, mate. And uh, I don't think, um, however they play in the next couple of days, people are going to come back with their jobs intact, if I'm perfectly honest. I reckon this is going to be a, a, a pretty weird um, next six months for English cricket. <laughs> Night of the long knives on its way. <laughs> and uh, also very happy to say we are joined by uh, former Sussex Pro and current Sussex League uh, Supremo, I'm sure. I haven't checked play cricket, but uh, no doubt it's going well. Chris Nash, how are you? Very good, thanks. It's good to be back. Been what, just over a year since I last uh, broke all your records for viewing figures, so it's <laughs> nice to be back. Hopefully, you've got your stats right today, and you're not going to insult me by taking all the runs off me. <laughs> I think yeah. we took about ten, we were talking about ten runs off him last time, and he's never let us forget it. Well, well you, know, imagine, he, you imagine what Jack would say if uh, we took ten runs off of him. Yeah, it is, that is true. When, when when it's quite a big proportion of your runs, you've got to kind of you got to fight for them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd know a thing or two about that. Um, <laughs> right before we, uh, oh, oh God, <laughs> I'm on, I'm on mute apparently. <laughs> oh, Max, Max, you're. Oh no, that's what you want. Yeah. Uh, so we we use this terrible, uh, terrible program called OBS to do our, um, do our streaming on the Max. Can't quite figure it out. Um, but it's all right. Let's, uh, Chris, you and me can talk because everyone can hear us. So that's a good thing. Um, so we've got a, a couple of sponsors messages um, because we've got a new sponsor um, this week uh, for each of the test matches, and that is um, Serious Cricket. So uh, each of our daily shows for the fourth. Ashes Test are going to be sponsored by Serious Cricket, um, who have provided our cricket club, I Don't Like Cricket Club, um, with gear since we started, what, four years ago, I think it was, Max? Um, and 
they offer a full range of cricket, cricket equipment and know each item inside and out. Um, whether you're looking for a, a new helmet to fit your inflated acquired ego from your purple <laughs> patch last season, like um, Jack Hope, who's uh, too poorly to be on the show this morning, um, or for someone to discreetly provide you with children-sized pads for your little legs, like Max, um, they have the lot and stock all the major brands you're looking for. Um, as you're listening to our podcast and looking at Chris Nash's wonderful face, um, you get 10% off when you use the code TCP10 on their website on all cricket equipment, um, the link of which we will provide in the show notes and on our Twitter. Um, and then all equipment is available with next day delivery in the UK. So use that Christmas money you got and uh, treat yourself. Do I, do I get a discount for being on the show? Because I yeah, obviously, because yeah. Grey Nichols don't want to know me anymore. Now I've, now I've, uh, now I've retired, <laughs> and I'm just a, I'm just a rubbish clubby. They actually won't give me any kit, so there oh. we go. And you don't even get it. You play for Horsham now, right? Um, yeah, so yeah it, it was a sporadic appearance. I think I had, what, three or four appearances, and, um, yeah, I realised that the body wasn't working as well. I dropped about four catches, um, right. kept getting caught deep mid-wicket, so I was just kind of, I just kind of continued my professional career in the club club game, really. Dropping catches, it's a, it's a way into the England side, isn't it? I think, <laughs> Here we go. I think, I'm, I think I'm back now. I think people should be able to hear me. I'll just, yeah, turn the, turn the audio off and turn it on again. Absolute rubbish. This is what happens when you don't pay for actual streaming. Uh, you, you also, we also need to, um, have you got the number of your decorator as well? <laughs> and for, well, it's, it's me. That's the problem. The, de- oh, the decorator is me. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> work, yeah, work in progress. Max, how long have you lived in that house? Uh, we, bought 20 it, years. we bought it in March uh, this year. Last year, last year, not March this year. Last year, it's 2022. Happy New Year, everyone. Um, we bought it in uh, in March last year, but we had to do a bit of uh, uh, well, we had to get it rewired and get some ceilings replaced. So that took a bit of time. Um, so yeah, taking uh, taking a little while, but we're we're getting there. We're wallpapering the living room at the moment. So. I love it when we do an interior design podcast. That's what I mean. <laughs> next next week. Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen is going to be on the show. So um, I've, I've got flowers. I've got, flower, I've got flowers in here. Don't worry. Well, uh, the thing thing is, Ross, uh, as as you know, half of the day uh, today or yesterday was uh, lost to rain. So we have got to fill in half of the show with something else. So why not why not go with the the lack of progress on decorating my new house? Um, that's that was an attempt at a segue into the day's cricket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're here to talk about yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we're here oh. to talk about we're here to talk oh. about the ashes sorry everyone and oh, okay. um uh yes off to off to sydney where uh, the weather forecast for four of the five days is for thundery showers so uh england have ta- brought out their secret weapon in in a hope of salvaging a result out of this game by bringing the weather with them and um it managed to delay things a bit as uh, we only got 43 overs uh, in Pat Cummins winning the toss and deciding to bat, even though there was some weather around, which uh, apparently Joe Root would have done too. Uh, so uh, makes one think that really it was a good toss to lose from an England point of view. Even if Australia do go and pile on a load of runs, um, we all know what would happen if England had batted first with some uh, some rain around. Uh, as it happened, uh, it looks like normal service really, with Australia getting off to a pretty uh, solid start before England's bowlers came Roaring back, Stuart Broad bowling round the wicket to David Warner and getting him caught a slip. Who's seen that before? Anyone? Anyone <laughs> thought of trying that at all this series? Um, better, better late than never, I suppose. Marcus Harris it took a bit longer to go through the formalities of getting him out this time, but we did eventually do it. And uh, and Marnus Labuschagne fell. He failed. He didn't score fifty. So um, 
Uh, we've got an, an, an Usman Khawaja who hasn't played cricket in, uh, in well, played Test cricket for about two years, and, uh, and Steve Smith, who's hopelessly out of form in this series at the crease, um, waiting for play to get underway tomorrow. Is uh, dare we be optimistic, Ross? Dare we? Uh, well, of course we can. Uh, we can hope this uh, Test match gets rained off. That's probably the best <laughs> we can hope for. Um, it is amazing how England's man management um, just baffles every, baffles everybody. Like what the I love. Um, the fact that you need to drop Stuart Broad, make him so unhappy that then they think that's the only way to get the best out of Stuart Broad. And the test match is already, the series is already over. And finally, he's kind of coming and steaming in on a, on a pitch that potentially suits his bowling. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit a little bit silly, really. Uh, Chris, when it, when it comes to uh, the Ashes series so far, um, where have you where have you stood on it? Has, has it been a case of do you know what Australia just better than us? We didn't get a good enough preparation for due to COVID and all that kind of stuff, or has it been kind of just a, one mistake after the other from kind of the management side of this? Yeah, you got to look at it and say it's been the whole thing's been a bit of a nightmare, isn't it, from the start to finish? But you look at how much cricket England have played during this COVID time. It's you know I only played a very small amount in in this COVID world, and it was horrible. Yeah, honestly, it was. It's not enjoyable. Um, everyone's playing, you know, obviously you're playing cricket, you're living your dreams and all that, but it's not the fun that, that you kind of signed up for. Um, you're stuck in hotels, you're stuck in bubbles, you're, you're testing every day and you're always on a bit of a kind of knife edge of whether it's all going to go wrong. And it's just not fun. So for England to have played the amount of cricket they have, um, and I think for Australia to have played such little cricket, I think it definitely shows that England look tired. Um, they look a bit confused about what they're doing. Um, and obviously the planning going into it, barely getting a warm-up game. It's you, you can't do that. It, it's you know the selections have all been a bit funny. They've been rotating players over the last year, and but you know the, there's supposed to be four or five years of planning gone into this Ashes series, and it's almost like you know they've they've kind of got to the last minute and panicked. So um, you definitely say that the the way they've gone about it in terms of the planning, um, the way it's been run from above, the amount of cricket they've played, it's just. You can't really expect them to win, to be honest. So I actually I do feel for a lot of the players. Yeah, well, you mentioned around the, kind of the COVID bubbles, etc. Obviously, um, this match, Travis Head for Australia was ruled out with COVID. Um, Chris Silverwood, uh, the England coach, who's um, under a quite amount of scrutiny at the moment, um, has gone. Do you know what, lads? I've got COVID as well. He was probably out licking doorknobs or something, <laughs> trying, to that, trying to get out of it. Um, but there, there's a bit where that this test match, that the preparation for this test match alone, for, bear in mind the Ashes tour, Joe Root was pretty much taking up the mantle as head coach um, with Graham Thorpe and um, kind of doing throwdowns and had the little ball chucker out, etc. I think they had one of the press officers was kind of throwing balls at some of the batsmen as well, like. That, that's kind of a, a associate nation cricket. That's 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 Horsham cricket in in Sussex. That is that is that is what you get when you turn up to Chris Nash. You get a colt from the nets and go. You, you go. You go and you go and do this, and I'm going to throw. I'm going to smash the balls back at you. Well, not, not yeah. even um, not even to mention that the fact that the net bowlers that England were using in the the lead up both tested positive for uh, for COVID and were were obviously obviously had it while they were. Uh, warming up the England batsmen before the games. So, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, Ross, but I'm, I'm surprised we didn't just get on the plane and call it a day. Or is it because uh, there, there isn't an IPL around the corner? Yeah, I think <laughs> if it was anyone else other than Australia or India, I think this test match would have been off. Um, and, yeah, this is... Um... Well, we, the thing is, we, we call off most tours. So, you know, we call off the Pakistan <laughs> tour. It, look, you know, we can't really hide from the fact that the majority of what's happening is it's money, isn't it? You know, mm. we, we can look at everything that's happened in the past few years as money, money, money. Um, 
and it has gone. Fortunately, it looks like it's coming to roost a little bit. And I, I, I actually feel for, I feel for Silverwood. I feel for Root. There are people out there who are, you know, running companies in this COVID world, and it's not what you signed up for. We're not. We no one was trained in how to deal with COVID. You got. Um, I'm watching that class of '92 documentary last night, and they're the guys saying, you know, everyone's in separate cars. You can't get to know your players. You can't spend time. And I think it's it's quite harsh. You know, we're going to judge Silverwood quite harshly, and the and the media have taken to the cleaners saying he's incompetent. A lot of people have come out and said that. Try, you know, try doing your job in in these times. If he'd had a free run at it with everything going right, then he would have probably done a brilliant job. And actually, we think back to before COVID, we won the Test series in Cape in South Africa. We we won in Cape Town. So I was I was actually out there with them then, and he was brilliant. And he had a group around him. It was very cohesive. The, the, the guys were great. Um, we're, we're blaming people and we're judging people on what is the most unprecedented times. And I think it's. I think it's harsh. I think they'd be pushed into a corner by the people above them. Uh, those people that include Ashley Giles, who's been told that he needs to write a paper, doesn't he, on what's gone wrong. Mark your own homework. Yeah, and, and <laughs> it, 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 he also came out and said, well, I can't really do too much about how much cricket the guys play, both at a domestic level and both at an international level. And it's kind of like, so what's your job then? Ashley like there's, there's, there's just a, quite a big question there around this guy's got all of the responsibility he's then gone Silverwood all of England men's cricket is your problem you can deal with all that and as you say Chris like he hasn't gone to Harvard Business School on a Covid course on how to run how to run an organisation um, and there's probably one set up so maybe we'll get a sponsorship by them um, <laughs> but, but there is that bit around how can they navigate their way through this other than the blame game and it always seems that the ECB have to play that game with the media. And I wouldn't be surprised if there are some kind of, um, I don't know, like the old boys in the MCC with the egg and bacon tie kind of going, right, on the Telegraph, we need to go after Silverwood here because we don't want our old old mate Straussy to be blamed or something like that. It just seems a bit, yeah, a bit too convenient at the moment with all the criticism that comes into it. Yeah, I just think it's, you know, it's easy to pick on certain people, but like you say, Silverwood's had to manage bubbles and all that, you know, and again, you know, Silvers is, is one of the nicest guys you'll meet. Honestly, he's, he's one of the genuinely good guys. Um, where, again, when we were in Cape Town, I was out there. He invited me in for a few days. I helped coach with them. One of the nicest guys in the world. Um, had a great group of guys around them as well. The team were brilliant. Um, I loved it. I had a couple of days and it was brilliant. And he's then been thrust into this world where he's, co- you know, one of the biggest jobs in world cricket with bubbles and, you know, players not being available and having to rotate players around, players having to sit in bubbles and not play any cricket for years on end. Now look at how much cricket Jack Leach has played. He's a spinner, you know, and then you ask him to come into a test match and win a test match. And you're like, and, and you know, and you compare it to what the 13, 14 side that lost five nil as well. Um, I would argue that you have to judge that side harsher than this side because they had all the preparation, all the cricket. They didn't have to deal with COVID. They were previously the number one side in the world yet everyone's lamenting this side as being the worst English side ever. And it's like, oh, you know, bore off. It's, you've got to look at the context and have a bit of a balanced view and, and maybe use it as a, as a launch pad to help cricket going forward rather than just beating everyone up. Yeah, that's probably a fair point. But I think I, on, on Jack Leach in particular, I mean, I think, you, yeah, for him, absolutely. It's, it's a horrible situation for being dragged around and not playing any cricket for ages. But, I mean, you have to look at the way he's been managed as a as a player and uh, you know brought in brought in to play tests that he probably shouldn't and brought him to bowl when he shouldn't not playing tests when he should and not being 
you know, not taking a step back and thinking, well, should we actually be bringing him if we're not going to play him? And I know obviously they're not going to go into a series with like, all right, we're going to bring Jack Leach, but he's not going to play. But that, that suggests to me sort of a, a lack of actual thinking and planning about how you're going to set up your teams, especially when you're talking about, you know, all the, the rotation and that kind of thing to try and keep people fresh and then, you know, not actually doing it properly it's just a bit frustrating to see from the outside and you know some of the comments that that come out and things like hearing silver would say i would have picked the same two teams for the first two tests and you're like it you know it couldn't i can 100 percent have sympathy with uh, it not being the job he necessarily expected to do but um you you also don't help yourself when you go out no. and say things that are clearly just wrong <laughs> no and, and that's where i thought i think you know in anything you, there's got to be the right accountability so in terms of selection in terms of things like how they treated Leach and stuff, you know, you're rightly so. The right person has to be accountable. And I think everyone has to be accountable for their job. And I think sometimes it's you see it in cricket, people kind of blame it. And we're talking about they're blaming the wrong person. Look, when it comes to the, the picking of teams, et cetera, Silverwood wrote, they've got to put their hands up and say they might have got it wrong and, and admit to that. I think everyone needs to know what they're accountable for. And I think I've seen it a lot in cricket that people kind of, just shirk away and kind of keep their job for a few more years. Self-preservation. There's there's so much self-preservation goes on in, in sport and most jobs, to be honest. And I think everyone needs to be, right, that's your job. If it, if it goes wrong, you're in the crap. If that job goes wrong, that's nothing you can do about it. So, yeah, I completely agree. There needs to be the right balance. Um, and the blame, if, the, if you're going to have a blame game, it's got to be a good blame game. <laughs> uh, you know, get, get themselves to playing a game of Cluedo and see who's for what it really is. Um, <laughs> So let's actually talk about the cricket today. There was, you know, what, 40 on overs played today. Um, Australia looked pretty comfortable, really. But um, the selection, as you said, Max, in your uh, match summary, uh, Broad removes Warner. Um, and Warner's looked pretty good since the World Cup. Um, he had a pretty torrid time in the IPL. And then from the World Cup through, he's gone from strength to strength of his back to being kind of the bull that he, he is, is known as, right? Um, but Max, this was no surprise. Was it? Headband on for Stuart Broad. Uh, point to prove to everybody else. Caged but... tiger, wasn't it? What Graham Thorpe yeah. said. A couple of caged tigers in the dressing room. Yeah, that's um, uh, that's not that's not a long term strategy for winning. I, I should probably warn them warn them of that. <laughs> Riling people up for, for a couple of months to, in the hope that they perform well once. But yeah. and, and some of the press are also saying Stuart Broad has to be considering his retirement. And it's just like it's. it's... I think you'll go for a little bit longer. Hey, Chris, do you, yeah. do you agree with Broad? So you have to drag him off the pitch. Surely not before Anderson. Yeah, I think you, well, you've also, you know, you kind of maybe, maybe it's, this has happened for three or four years now, hasn't it? They keep leaving him out randomly. And I just think you might just get sick of it and, and go, I'm, I'm sick of having to prove myself. Was he played? Uh, how many test matches he played? We'll, we'll get the old, get it out. But he's, I mean, he's taken so many bloody wickets, hasn't he? He's, 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 played, he's played so many test matches, yet people still think he needs to be riled up to, to prove a point. And well, maybe he should to... stop performing really well when he gets riled up. <laughs> maybe he should, be, <laughs> he should be dejected and despondent after being dropped. <laughs> yeah, this is maybe. his 150th test match. He's taken 526 wickets. That's mad. Wicket. So um, you look at it and you, think, and you think, right, so for every test match he plays, what do they drop him for two? So he's been around for a long time and it's like, that's the only way. But the guy knows how to motivate himself. He's, a, he's, an, you know, he's an England absolute superstar and legend mm-hmm. of the game. So... Um, yeah, I just think you've got to treat people like that well. And I remember hearing a coach say to, say once, when you get to older players, you're better off to give them a little bit too long than than, than go too early. Because Brody and Jimmy, you know, without them, we we do we don't look anywhere near the team. So you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt and give them extra games. And and also, 
not playing broad in the first few test matches, it, it allowed Warner to get into the test match when he hasn't, you know, he hasn't really scored a lot of runs recently. So, you know, that is one of the areas I'd definitely point out. Did anyone in your career, 151 tests, this is the 151st test actually, by the way. Um, Chris, in your career, did anyone ever have the wood over you? Like, so when Broad was coming in, was there anyone, and maybe not scared to face, but you were just like, for fuck's sake, I've got to go to Durham and I've got to play against Chris Rushworth. Or was there, was there anyone like that? <laughs> I reckon probably a better question was, was there, anyone who didn't, was there anyone who didn't have the wood over you? <laughs> 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 yeah, I was mean... There anyone, is there anyone who had a forest over you? <laughs> there was... I actually got one of my mates, he works in cricket stats and he, and he said to me, he said, who's the bowler who's got you out the most? And I was like, I was trying to figure it out. And it was the guys, funny enough, I spoke to Luke Fletcher about this the other week and he, I always scored a lot of runs against Knots and then I joined them and then didn't score any runs. And they were my team, but he, we were talking about it. I said, all you had to do was bowl straight. So if you just bowl straight, but you know, people tried to nick off whatever, but I said, if, if you just bowl full and straight, you'd probably get me out. So Graham Onions used to get me out for fun and Every time he bowled, I just thought he just got close to the stumps and bowled straight. So onions, especially at Chester Street, was all over me. Um, yeah, you definitely have certain players and you're like, oh, here comes Darren Stevens. Or it was always, not not onions wasn't in this league, but there was always the 72 mile an hour whiffers. And I just couldn't, couldn't stand it. Steve-O, Jesus, I still have <laughs> nightmares about it and I don't even play cricket anymore. <laughs> Liam well, Abishain I, certainly does. Again, averaging, yeah, exactly. averaging, uh, averaging about five against the short ball is uh, a fast track to the England Test team again, isn't it? It's, it's, a, wonder, <laughs> exactly. it's a wonder where you've been all these years. <laughs> so, so, but it's interesting that that point is there's so many small, um, maybe not marginal gains, but there, there's, there's so many just small bits about cricket around the mentality side of it or just actually the tactic going into it. And when Broad wasn't on the team sheet in the first Test match, Warner must have been like, it must have been rejoicing in that change room. Oh, without a doubt, you know, he, he would know that Broadly knows how to get him out. And you whatever whatever you do with a sports psychologist or your meditation or visualization, you know, your bad memories will always be there. You can't get rid of them. So when you've got a bowler who's got you out, you'd walk out to bat and it's you can do all the preparation. You hit the ball a million dollars in the nets, and you walk out to bat, and all you're thinking is, you know, Steve O's gonna get you, or you know, anything like that. And genuinely, I've gone out to bat, and all I'm thinking is. Just don't don't miss the first ball because I know it's going to be full and straight. Or I'm just going to. It's just it's horrific, and that is what having having finished playing cricket, I realised that it, I'm I'm free now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a burden off the shoulders. I'm, it is like I, I you know normally I'd, I'd go be going back to work today for pre season training, thinking about facing I don't know some medium pacer in in eight, on April the third or a university student in March, thinking this is going to be horrific, and it starts again. So I'm quite relieved. <laughs> Uh, so you mentioned uh, that Jimmy Anderson uh, is obviously still playing. He uh, removed uh, Marcus Harris, um, who again we've we've bowled him into a bit of form. Like if, if one of our openers hit thirty eight, we'd we'd be we'd take that. We'd bite the hand off, wouldn't we? Well, one of our openers did hit about thirty eight, Ross, and then we dropped him immediately. <laughs> the highest score any of our openers have got all series, and we dropped him. Yeah, we, we want we want someone who averages thirty less than thirty eight. That's what we want. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Poor Zach, poor Zach Crawley is all I can say. What, what I did like was Zach Crawley coming out, and I know we're kind of diverging here, but Zach Crawley came out and be like, I feel like I'm playing pretty good cricket at the moment. It's just like, you're averaging less than 10. I know. Like, if, if you took your 267 away, and I know that's a still an unbelievable score, and you can dine out on that for, forever, um, you've done sod all. Well, in like, fairness, three months of cricket for Zach Crawley is uh, the, the last test, and then three months of the Nets. So maybe he's been absolutely middling everything in the Nets. That's what we don't know, do we? We haven't got the inside track on that. But, I mean, in Crawley's defence, he has caught 
excellently since he's come back into the side, and that has been one big bonus over Rory Burns. <laughs> he's uh, you know he took, he took is a that what, is that where we're at now? Yeah. Where we're we, picking we, openers we're specialist for the fielders, yeah, yeah, specialist fielders. That's what we're going for. You know, you could have just picked I don't know seven wicket keepers and just had them in the slips and said, "Oh, can catch." Well, no, we don't pick our best wicket keeper, so that's not going to work. We'd be, <laughs> we'd be picking me and Ross. <laughs> hey, don't, you don't do that don't do that and then finally the other thing that really happened today was uh, Labashane, um who uh, on Crickviz they were saying that he's the luckiest man um, in test cricket in terms of batting and dropping him being dropped oh really um, so yeah apparently yeah, so here, out of all the people who there he's had the most drops kind of in his career um, per the innings that he's played I, I, I did read that and it was like it was like over one time per innings and that's that's an extraordinary amount isn't it And and that's where you know, so sometimes when you're playing as well, you know, you'll go through periods where every time you nick it, it gets caught. Every time you hit a ball in the air, it gets caught. And then you'll have times when, and, and you know, you look back and it's easy to forget. You might get a, a really good run of scores and you forget you had a, the decision went your way. You know, the bloke dropped the catch at, you know, at second slip and it went before. And all those little sliding doors moments, that's what makes a career sometimes. And it's, it's easy to forget that, actually. And when, when it's not going well, Jesus, every catch goes straight in. Every time, every decision gets given out. Oh God, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have like one which was like a freak dismissal? So I remember, I remember blocking one. I remember I was, um, I think I got, five, I don't know, five ducks in a row or something completely shit. And I blocked one. I was like, Ross, you finally, you've managed to get out of this thing. And it's bounced up, hit my shoulder, and then rolled back and round down my leg and hit the stumps. And I was sitting there just like, how have I managed to do that? <coughs> there's, there was, there's one where. If it hits you on the kind of back of your thigh pad mm. and then kind of because your thigh pad obviously juts out a little bit, it hits the inside and then goes back round your legs. So it kind of it is going down the leg side and then your thigh pad converted in. And it was um, <coughs> I won't I won't name the brand of thigh pad, but it was quite a big thigh pad that went all the way around your body and you couldn't really move in it. Um, it protected you well, but wasn't particularly useful. Um, and I remember I went in, I, I got out and the coach came in. And Mark Robinson, and he just looked at me, went, Gotta get a new thigh pad. And he just went in and started to get a new thigh pad that day. <laughs> I had to order one online. I think I ordered like a one on Cricket Direct or something like that. No, you, you, you no, serious all... cricket is where yeah, you would have Serious cricket, from. sorry, serious, sorry, serious cricket. I'll get do I get 20% if I name it? We should just say that this podcast is sponsored by Serious Cricket, and because you are a valued listener of our favorite hobby, uh, you get 10% off and you use the code TCP10 on their website and all the equipment. Yeah, so it works. Okay. I checked it as well. Get, yeah. get a new thigh pad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Welcome, I'm everybody, to the Cricket Therapy and Sponsorship Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of picturing you, Chris. Like, literally, you've got... And you know, like, the shell suit kind of thing? You know, the, the women's garters they used to have out? And they had the <laughs> in, and you're walking in just like this. I'm ready, lads. Here comes Darren Stevens, not getting me out. <laughs> Honestly, mate, I'll, I'll never forget. Like, I walked in, and the coach came in. I was, like, really, really hacked off. I was like, oh, for Christ's sake, that was really unlucky. Mm. And he just came in, he went, change your thigh pad. I was like, okay, right. <laughs> that was that. <laughs> that's that's the, the Trevor Bayliss touch or the Peter Balls touch kind of thing. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, not much, not a load of cricket. Um, but we're kind of in a good position, I think, Max. Like for the rest of the where the rest of the tour has been, like actually, it's a pretty positive day for England. It's it's probably um, probably second or third uh, best day of the series, isn't it? I mean, the best day would probably be that route in Milan. Um, Root and Milan partnership that took us to minus 220 for two. <laughs> Just to put some context onto that. Um, and then I suppose, um, well, it was the, the day where we, in the day night where we took it to the fifth 
fifth test, I suppose, or, or I suppose you could. The day we lost it, but Butler put in that uh, you know extraordinary performance to. Well, not, we didn't nearly see it home, but we we gave it a good old go. Uh, it's 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 up there, and that's um, that's uh, I suppose encouraging, but also uh, it, on on the flip side, devastating in that we've we're we're it's an even day, and we're looking at it as like one of the one of the victories of the of the series mm. so far. But um, good, you know, sort of putting aside all the you know it's, it was a trouble build up with all the COVID cases. Um, you know, a bit of uncertainty. So the, it, I suppose that would have that would have added to the uh, the peril of the build up for the England side. So uh, you know, Silverwood being out and and all those sort of rumblings in the media of sack everyone. Um, good, uh, a, a good bit of uh, mental fortitude, I suppose, from England to come out and uh, be able to put in a performance. But it's it's the bowlers again, isn't it? It's you know. who are the who are the problem? <laughs> We know we know the bowlers can do it. They've 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 been pretty good actually this series. You know, like Australia have put in a couple of big scores, but those have been um, helped by by five or six drops, haven't they? Like you think the bowl the, the we can't be asking the bowlers to do a whole lot more than they've done so far this series. So um, you know, I, I yeah, I, hats off to them and and um, in particular people like Anderson and Broad who've shown actually that they can bowl in Australia. <laughs> they're not just yeah. not just homers. <laughs> Don't you think, though, that like we do live in this fantasy world in English cricket where, I mean, I read something the other day. It was like we've won something like four out of 30 tests in Australia in like the last 20 years. So, yeah. well, you know, it's not as if this is a, a massive difference to what we've grown up watching. Like 2010, we won. I remember, you know, you remember that well. We had a brilliant team at the height of their powers. But 13, 14, we got dicked on I remember waking I remember being 10 years old in 93 94 get absolutely dicked on so we've always get dicked on out in Australia it's just the way it goes so for us to suddenly you know have this moment where English cricket has fallen to pieces we always get absolutely crucified in Australia um so I think I think I we do, but it doesn't mean I, it's doesn't mean it's right though, does it? That's that's the thing. I think this is it's a it's the it's a um, it's the way of of looking at it that I think's changed, isn't it? It's uh, we had a bit of success. We won a couple of times in recent memory, and people are expecting England to be uh, be good, having you know won the World Cup, final uh, semi final of the T twenties, and sort of well, one of the, probably the best twenty twenty team in the world if you discount the fact that we didn't win the World <coughs> Cup, um, and and people are sort of expecting us to be able to. To hold our own, I think probably the India winning in Australia is added to that as well. You know, we're taking over a team that was decimated by injuries and still managing to win in Australia, which you know isn't something that you'd have expected them to do. So it's, it's, I think it's just a, a change, um, really, in in the the psyche. In that, <laughs> perhaps some people have suddenly been like, "Why are we getting hammered in in Australia?" And um, yeah, you're totally right to say that it's not like we shouldn't probably say we've lost five nil or whatever. Um, it's a calamity, rip everything up. But maybe more of a, hang on a minute, why have we been losing to Australia 5-0 for the last 30 years? What do we need to change to make us more competitive everywhere? Well, I mean, you, you've kind of led us in by saying, we, you know, you're, you're expecting us to win the win the Ashes, having been, you know, 50 over champions and T20 number one in the world, which you know, that probably leads us quite nicely into where I'm sure you want to go. My, my, my bit, I was going to compare um, the Ashes uh, to childbirth. Yeah, is what I was going to do. And, uh, With your yeah. um, vast experience of... Vast experience. Vast Be very experience. careful here, Ross. You know, you're going to have a lot of... I'm sure you've got a lot of female listeners now going, right, Ross, where are we going to go with this? So all, all I'm saying is that the that childbirth, as, as, as well documented, isn't the most pleasurable thing to go through. 
um, yet there is a hormone that gets released um, that makes you almost forget about the pain. And actually, that's what we end up doing every Ashes. Kind I, of I didn't down expect under. quite as much knowledge from you. So fair play. I assume that's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a part, I'm, I'm actually a part-time midwife. Didn't know if you knew that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Interesting angle, but um, yeah. yeah, we'll see where we go with that. <laughs> so, I mean, we've got about kind of five five minutes left on, on here. And it'd be great, um, Chris, to kind of pick your brain and think a little bit. So, um, obviously, you've got your uh, coaching badges on there uh, in, in cricket. Now, you level, you level two? You level, you, you've got your way for coaching licences, level three? <laughs> Level is. three, mate. Level three. So, um, at the moment, is there a plan for you, Chris, to go back into the game? What, what, what are you doing at the moment in kind of uh, in the county game? No, I'm, I'm nothing to do with cricket now. I am. Um, I'm working in business. Um, very, very removed from cricket. Um, yeah, just completely stepped away. So, been doing that for just over a year. Um, haven't really touched cricket. I don't really watch a huge amount. I've just kind of t- taken some time away from it. Um, did it for you know since I was the age of ten. So. Um, yeah, I, I felt the need to kind of leave the game a little bit. I didn't. Yeah. It's it's a funny thing when you retire from playing, you give so much to the game, and actually you realise the game owes you nothing. You know, you don't get guarantee yourself a job just because you played for twenty odd years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I wanted to get out of it and um, kept some friends in it, which is always nice. But yeah, I've, I've very much kind of moved away and moved into a different world, which has been good fun. I don't know if you saw the Twitter plea uh, yesterday or the day before, but if you do ever feel like uh, getting back into cricket, then... Uh... <laughs> the, tw- the Twitter plea, what was that? Uh... <laughs> on, on ours, Max is talking about. Because we, yeah. we, need to, we need some players for next year, so uh, I don't like cricket club, but you'd be very welcome. Um... Oh, God, no, I'd probably fit in well, because I probably agree with the name, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is there any plans to go back, do you think? Or is, 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 there like a, is there a fire being lit underneath Chris Nash again after a year out? No, no, not at all. <laughs> well, you know, I just, I just look at it, and you know, I, I did it for a long time, and um, mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed watching from afar. Actually, it's quite nice to not wake up in cold sweats, thinking you haven't got your pads on. You're walking out to bat naked. Um, you're getting out again. You're stuck in a service station. All those, all those things, which kind of did me in over the years. Um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed the break. Um, it's been good for my golf. Every time I play, I, I, I play golf with Wrighty quite a lot. And every time he goes back into the nets, he gets his slice back. So I realised that <laughs> cricket is really bad for my golf. Um, so, I, yeah, the golf swing's going well. Um, and, yeah, just enjoying myself. So I, yeah. and, and I can have summer holidays. Well, yeah, this is definitely the most important thing. Many as um, I want. <laughs> so we obviously we are the cricket podcast we're not just uh, the England cricket podcast and there's two other massive test matches going on at the moment and uh, the bit about retirement there Chris um, a lot of talk from our Indian fans is around <coughs> the future of Pajara and Rahane um, Pajara's just gone past 50 um, on a pretty tricky deck tricky deck um, and I think also that uh, Rahane is close to 50 as well um, so I mean, if you're gonna if you want to use England's um, weighted averages these they, these are centuries these 50s <laughs> <laughs> but, but there is a bit, <laughs> there's a bit here where I just wanted to really understand from a kind of within the professional game, uh, where where does that pressure come from? Is is there pressure in the dressing room when you're in that? Because like, in amateur cricket, there's that bit where you get out and you put so much pressure on yourself, but actually everyone's just almost like either laughing at you or doesn't really care because you go for a beer after. Within the professional game, and you've got someone like Pajara and Rahana who are coming to the end of their test careers. And you mentioned earlier that you'd rather give older people a little bit too long rather than cut their career short. Where does that pressure actually come from? Is that just the media or does that come from inside? 
a lot of it's from within because you, you've done so much. You've got so many runs behind you. People expect more of you as you get older. You know, if you stay around in the game for a long time, it's because you're very good. Mm. You know, if you're crap, you don't last long. Um, so if you've if you've been around for like Bajar Rahani for a long time, your expectations and everyone's expectations of you are much higher. Um, you've also Jimmy Jimmy Anderson spoke about it. I think last year, or the year before, he said it's a bit like as you get older, you get more scared because you've had more bad experiences. So you're more aware of the, the bad side of it as well. Um, you're more aware of what happens if you don't have if you have a low run of scores. And there's also that bit about you don't want to kind of whimper out the game and play too long. You want to kind of people to remember you as the best player you could be. Um, you know, I, I had it a little bit. I could have gone and played another couple of years. Um, but I thought actually I was quite happy with the way I finished. It wasn't, I didn't try and drag it out for two more years. Um, and people would remember he's an even more frail and crappy old opening batter. So um, yeah, I, I think you, you always you, you always want to finish at the right time, and that's quite stressful as well. Yeah, no, no one's going to get that um, the better send off than Alistair Cook got when he got that century at the Oval, and that was uh, that was the, that was the way to bow out, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you know everyone thinks you're going to write write this brilliant script where you you walk off like that and you get the standing ovation and you get the guard of honour. Mm. When I hobbled off in the semi-final of the T20 and on October the 4th, 2020, it was about two degrees. I tore my hamstring, bust my knee and had a torn side and a bad back. Um, and I hobbled off on in the eighth over and that was the end of me. And um, I never thought that when I was 21 years old, that I'd get that kind of, that really, and there was no one there as well. It was obviously COVID time. So, mm. you know, you, you never know what it's going to be like when you walk off that last time. But um, yeah, you know, it happens and you move on. Are we, we going to get a Chris Nash testimonial? Uh, no, no one, no one cares about me anymore. You also, you realise that you know, I walk down the street now. No one, no one gives a, gives a damn who I am. <laughs> I'm just an insurance salesman who's own coffee. <laughs> uh, so the other big test match going on. So yeah, India and South Africa is, is currently ongoing, and it's it's, it's a pretty it's a bit of a dogfight at the moment. But I think India have uh, edged ahead now uh, when they've got a lead of 108. It's nice. It's nice runs. that there's some competitive cricket to watch. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's been the most competitive game, though, has been probably one of the biggest upsets in Test cricket. Maybe not. Is it Test cricket history? Is it? Can I go that far? But Bangladesh, the team who couldn't hit the ball off the square in the competition recently, um, they've, they were kind of doctoring their pitches to make sure it was spin friendly at home. And we were kind of doubting whether they could travel. They've just turned over the world champions. So New Zealand have beaten New Zealand in, on their, in, in their home turf. Like, that is that's a mega mega win. Sure, surely you have to completely change the structure of New Zealand domestic cricket. <laughs> um, everyone in the Austra- everyone in the New Zealand um, setup has to be sacked. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, obviously, New Zealand cricket is broken because they lost a Test match. Like it's the, you know it's these stupid reactions to things when actually uh, New Zealand are a brilliant team. You know, not teams don't win every game and teams going ups and downs and. You've got to give credit to the opposition as well. Bloody brilliant for Bangladesh, like to all the staff and all the players. It's an unbelievable achievement. The thing is, I assume in New Zealand, they don't have the uh, the equivalent of the uh, the Egg and Bacon Brigade who are complaining about T20 ruining the the Red Bull game for them and, and, and you know, dri- driving this... Uh... This uh, this move to to rip everything up and you know bin bin everything and bin the hundred, but um, I mean, well, it's uh, Everdot Hussain. What what a performance! He before this game he averaged eighty with the ball and uh, hadn't. Great. I mean, it's the first. I think it was the first five for a, for a Bangladeshi bowler or seamer at least in like like I think it was eight years or something. It's insane. Absolutely insane turnaround from them, and um, an incredible 
performance. Him and, him and Taskin, I was watching it last night, and they were getting reverse swing. Like, like watching bowlers who get reverse swing is, I don't, there is just quite a nice feeling about it. You're watching it and just—it's like, a this treat, is, isn't it? It's this a is real this treat. is proper Test cricket, and I, and I don't care if they do doctor the ball. Like, there's that <laughs> bit. Like, they're, they're, I, I prefer cricket like this. I prefer. When are you, stuff are you like suggesting this that every team should be given the same amount of the same grade sandpaper before every game, and it's up to them how they use it? You know, like on Ready Steady Cook, where you turn up with different ingredients. I, th- I think you take that kind of thing. You'd be like, right, this this week you've got a packet of gummy bears. You've got a little bit of sandpaper. We don't care what you do with it. See what you can do, and let's see what let's see what cricket happens. It's it's a great it's a great idea, but there's only one thing that, that would make it better. Mm-hmm. Ainsley Harriet's the umpire. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's match referee at all times. He he's there in the middle. He has to. He's like he's wicketkeeper or something like that, and he's there just like orchestrating the whole thing. And then at the end of the te- at the end of the five days, all the crowd get to put up what sign they need to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Either what's it was it red, red green pepper, t- green chili or something like that. I don't know. No, green green tomatoes, peppers, no, green, green pepper, and red tomatoes. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. And Ainsley Harriet's there. I think that would be. Look, we've got the hundred. We might as well do ready, steady cricket. Ready, ready, steady cricket. There the we go. The name's there already. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> a German of an idea. And I can't imagine Andy Harriet's going to turn that down, if I'm perfectly honest. Mate, 100% would be brilliant. <laughs> and I, I think there might be a job at the head of the uh, ECB open at some point soon. So uh, get, your, get, your, get your hat in the ring and uh, make your Oh, pitch. God. <laughs> you talking to me or Ross? <laughs> either of you. Either of you. We don't, we're, we're, we're fully championing Ross for the, for the role. He's, well, he's, I, I, he's I got the most I, credentials. Yeah, I'd, I reckon I'd suit cricket administration. I, I reckon I could go with it, but do you know what? I'll, I'll take a Rolex here and there. Do you, uh, do you want to play in Qatar? We'll, we'll play cricket in Qatar. Like, <laughs> well, let's go. I've got no no issues with all that kind of stuff. Um, but um, I think that's a, a great place to uh, end the podcast on the Ready Steady Cricket. Uh, Chris, you've been great <laughs> as uh, as always. Um, we'll be back tomorrow um, morning. Uh, maybe not with Chris because uh, Chris has probably got better things to do in his life. I have. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's been an absolute pleasure and. Uh, if you've been watching thank you very much and as we said we're sponsored by Serious Cricket use code TCP10 for 10% off uh, all cricket equipment on their website and uh, Max will put the uh, thing in the show notes after this is finished and Rahani's got a 50 as well Woohoo! there we go If it, any decorators Max two more years <laughs> <laughs> love it thanks very much everyone cheers everyone. cheers guys right you're listening to the Cricket Podcast Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.